Packers Podcast, and I am your host, Bryce Christensen, and the episode today you are listening to is 87 on tap, highlighting the Green Bay Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson, retired officially as a Green Bay Packer on August 4th, 2019, signing a one-day contract. He officially retired from the NFL on March 29th after a one-year season with the Oakland Raiders. And this is an episode that I've been thinking about for a while. Obviously, it's been a few weeks since Jordy Nelson retired. He came back to practice, got to see him interact with with Aaron Rodgers, Uh, the thumbs up, fist bump, if you will, the famous trademark hallmark celebration of Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. You got to see that one last time. And... I just felt like it was fitting to really pay homage to a Packers great. And the more research I did, the more fact-finding I did, it's crazy that we're not talking about Jordy Nelson a little bit more. It's crazy to think that he didn't finish his career entirely as a Green Bay Packer. They did it right. They brought him back in, thankfully signing a one-day contract with the Green Bay Packers, but it's one of those things that I think about with Jordy Nelson, like, oh man, maybe they could have just kept him. Maybe they could have just figured it out. And general manager Brian Gutekunst over the NFL Combine, they had asked him about his experiences as a first-year general manager and if there were any regrets. And he paused a little bit when they asked him about Jordy Nelson, and he said, and he he waffled a little bit and he said that there's obviously things that you look back and you would like to change. And then he said, but no, I don't have any regrets. And that's kind of what you're expecting out of a general manager is to move forward, learn from your quote unquote mistakes. I think Jordy Nelson definitely should have stuck around. And I was on board with the whole Jimmy signing. I And he had statistically outside of the touchdowns, had a, a really, really good year at tight end. Anyway, this is a this is a podcast episode focusing on Jordy Nelson, and I wanted to go back and look at him coming through high school, coming through college, and the Green Bay Packers, and just really just focusing and highlighting on what a great career Jordy Nelson had with the Green Bay Packers. On top of it, uh, what a specimen he was athletically, and also what a well-rounded overall great person he is. And Jordy Nelson, let's let's go all the way back. Day one, Jordy Nelson was born on May 31st, 1985 in the city of Manhattan, Kansas. His parents, Alan and Kim Nelson, were farmers who lived in Riley and had season tickets to Kansas State football games. The Nelson Farm, which was established by his great-great-grandfather, who immigrated from Sweden, had been in the family for four generations. Jordy Nelson attended Riley County High School in Riley, Kansas, and played football for the Riley Falcons. During his senior year playing quarterback, he completed 62% of his passes for 1,029 yards and eight touchdowns. Jordy also rushed for 1,572 yards, averaging 9.8 yards per carry with 25 touchdowns. He was named Flint Hills Player of the Year by the Manhattan Mercury. 
And not only did he excel in football, he was an All-State basketball player. He averaged 17.2 points per game his senior year. He was also an outstanding track and field athlete and won a national AAU championship in the 400 meters as a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old. Could barely tie my shoes at 10. In 2003, his senior year at Riley County High School, he won the state titles in Class 3A in the 100 meters with a time of 10.63 seconds, 200 meters with a time of 21.64 seconds, and 400 meters with a time of 48.79 seconds and a long jump with a leap of 7 meters. So he not only excelled in football and in basketball, but he won four state titles as a senior. Four. The 100, the 200, the 400, and the long jump. Crazy. And all of that, and Jordy Nelson walked on to Kansas State University. He began his college years taking a red shirt of the members of the 2003 Big 12 Championship uh, for the Kansas State Wildcats. In 2004, Nelson was set to play defensive back in college, but during spring training following his first year, Coach Schneider moved him to wide receiver. In 2004, he didn't record any sort of meaningful stats. In 2005, he started the season against FIU. Against the Golden Panthers, he had four receptions for 36 yards, and he caught his first career collegiate touchdown, an eight-yard pass from quarterback Allen Webb. Including in the season opener, he caught a touchdown in seven straight games that he appeared in. In that seven-game stretch in 2005, Nelson's best performance came against Oklahoma in a game where he had three receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. Kansas straight struggled down the stretch of the season and didn't make a goal game. It didn't make a bowl game, I'm sorry. In the final game of the season, Jordy Nelson had seven receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown against Missouri. This, in his sophomore year, he caught a total of 45 passes for eight touchdowns. Moving on to his junior year in 2006, Jordy Nelson was listed as a Bolitnikoff Award Watchlist finalist, which is an award for the most outstanding receiver in college football. Unfortunately, that year, injuries kept him off the field, leading to a disappointing junior season in which he only caught 39 passes for one touchdown. Although it wasn't all doom and gloom, he did have some highlights in the 2006 season. Despite not getting to play as much, in the season opener against Illinois State, He had four receptions for 62 yards. On November 4th against Colorado, he turned in his best effort of the season with five receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown. One week later against Texas, Nelson had a quiet day with only three receptions for 15 yards, but he also threw a successful pass for 28 yards in that game. Moving on to his 2007 season, Jordy Nelson broke out his senior year and was among the nation's best wide receivers. In the season opener against Auburn, he had nine receptions for 90 yards. In addition, he threw a 21-yard touchdown pass. Two weeks later against Missouri State, he had a great performance with 15 receptions for 209 yards and a touchdown. For the second time in his senior season, he threw a touchdown pass. Two weeks later against Texas, Nelson had 12 receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. In addition, he had an 89-yard punt return touchdown. The following week against Kansas, Nelson churned out yet another great performance, 10 receptions for 137 yards and a touchdown. After the Colorado game, Nelson would put together a string of six consecutive games with a receiving touchdown to end the season. Specifically, on October 20th against Oklahoma State, 
Nelson had 12 receptions for 176 yards and three touchdowns. Furthermore, against the Baylor Bears, Nelson had eight receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 92-yard punt return touchdown in that game. Another great game against Iowa State November 3rd, Nelson had 14 receptions for 214 yards and a touchdown. Following that, Nelson continued his torrid stretch in 2007. Jordy Nelson had nine receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown against Nebraska. Against Missouri, he followed it up with eight receptions for 94 yards and touchdown. Against Fresno State, he had 15 receptions for 165 yards and a touchdown. That game against Fresno State was a loss in the last game of Nelson's college career as it knocked him out of Kansas State's eligibility for a bowl game. But he finished his senior year with 15 receptions for 165 yards and a touchdown that last game against Fresno State. Based on this whole year, he earned consensus All-American honors and was a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award after catching 122 passes for 1,606 yards and 11 touchdowns. He also showed his versatility by throwing for two touchdown passes and returning for two punts for touchdowns as well. It was all in his senior year. And Packer fans were freaking out that we drafted him in the second round the following year after that. And I'm hoping that this is kind of an indication of the stock that we put into our draft picks. As much as research and as much fact-finding as we do, we're not scouts. And I think the beauty of this as we go through this podcast episode is you get to see this evolution, this transformation of Jordy Nelson. So I know that was a lot of statistics and I just wanted to break down little by little. But if you're just looking overall in 2005 and 11 games played, he had 45 receptions for 669 yards and eight touchdowns. 2006, 13 games played for 39 receptions, 547 yards and a touchdown. And in his senior year, 12 games played, 122 receptions, 1,606 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And moving into his 2008 season, Jordy Nelson was selected in the second round, 36 overall by the Green Bay Packers in the 2008 NFL Draft. He was the third wide receiver taken in the draft after Donnie Avery and Devin Thomas. He officially signed his rookie contract with the Green Bay Packers July 27, 2008, which started a really great year for the Green Bay Packers and Jordy Nelson. When, when you look back at his where he came from, the family farm, how that discipline, how that work ethic, three-sport athlete in high school, elite speed, versatility, there's a report, and I, and I believe it was Packers.com, but I can't remember which uh, specifically who reported it out, said that when the Packers drafted Jordy Nelson, Ted Thompson was beside himself, ecstatic. And Mark Murphy at the time thought, oh, Ted Thompson's really excited. He really likes this Jordy Nelson guy. And over the years, Mark Murphy realized that Ted Thompson never got excited. And you look back and what kind of year he had his senior year, in Kansas State, in the Big 12, a Bolitnikoff finalist, a consensus All-American, and he slides to the second round. And I and there's this funny story. And it's 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 borderline disturbing, and I'll spare some of the details, but I was living in the cross at the time, and I remember when the Packers drafted Jordy Nelson, and everyone was thinking, Why do you need to draft a wide receiver? You don't need to draft a wide receiver at all. 
And <laughs> what, what I thought was funny is that the minute Jordy Nelson came on, people were so ticked off that we, we drafted yet another wide receiver. Why did we need to do that? And one of my friends, when we were in lacrosse, I wasn't there to see it, but apparently was so beside himself that the Packers drafted Jordy Nelson because they didn't need another wide receiver that he went outside in public midday and took a number two. Didn't get arrested as far as I know, but uh, to show his discontent, his fury towards Ten Thompson, he discarded, did a BM, took a number two outside. That's all I'll say. And so unfortunately, and actually, fortunately, I remind every time I see my friend, I'm, I won't I won't mention his name. And I'm not that friend. I, I swear I would have never done that. <laughs> but I, I let him know, like, hey, you remember that time that you embarrassed yourself publicly because you were so upset that the Packers drafted Jordy Nelson? Well, he turned out to have an all right career. And I hope you enjoyed the first half of 87 on tap. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to follow up the second half with what Jordy Nelson did as a Green Bay Packer. And this is where I'm really excited. Some other quotes from some some Packers greats, just like Aaron Rodgers as well. Stay tuned. Enjoy the commercial break. Go Pack Go. You are listening to the Unknown Packers podcast. If you like what you are hearing and would like to help us grow, take a minute to rate us on iTunes. The more ratings we get, the more visible we will be to Packer fans like you. Again, thank you so much for listening. This show wouldn't happen without your support. Now, let's get back to the second half. to 87 on tap and we're highlighting Packers great Jordy Nelson who officially retired as a Green Bay Packer signing a one-day contract earlier in August and let's highlight his his Packers career the first half went into a little bit of where he came from his high school stats and his college stats as well just painting a picture of what a athletic specimen Jordy Nelson was coming out of college and and granted he was drafted in the second round but a lot of people sleeping on him as well as Packer fans. In his rookie year, Jordy Nelson scored his first touchdown reception on September 14, 2008 against the Detroit Lions, which was a 29-yard pass from Aaron Rodgers. That was his only reception. He followed up uh, his second touchdown in Week 14 against the Houston Texans. Rookies tend to struggle, and as did the Packers as they finished 6-10 and and they missed the playoffs. He finished his rookie campaign with 33 receptions for 366 yards. And again, painting a picture of the slow progress of receivers. And I know everyone else has been following some of the other episodes of players getting cut, players getting kept, but this hopefully shows you a little bit of the progression with Jordy Nelson turning into quite arguably one of the greatest Packer players of all time and one of the greatest NFL wide receivers if you're looking at it statistically. Following his rookie season, his second year in 2009, he had uh, four receptions for a season-high 71 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. On January 3rd, 2010, he had one reception for 51 yards in the regular season finale. In the 2009 season, he finished with 22 
passes for 320 yards and two touchdowns. He also saw action as a primary kick returner for most of the 2009 season. The Packers bounced back in 2009 after going 6-10 the year before. They finished 11-5 and they made the playoffs as a five seed. In his playoff debut, however, only one reception, but he made it count. 11-yard touchdown. So from year one to year two, made it count in the preseason, or in the preseason, in the playoffs with, with the touchdown. And in 2009, that was the year that I thought, what would have happened? You know, that that was the play where uh, Rodgers got sacked, hand to the face, fumble, and the game was over. It was a shootout with, with Rodgers and Kurt Warner. And, it, and you got to start to see the potential greatness of the Green Bay Packers. But that season in 2009, I really thought that the Packers had a lot working for them to make a really deep run in the playoffs. However, it ended as they lost in the wild card round 51-45 to the Arizona Cardinals. Moving on to his third year, that third year breakout, that's when Jordy Nelson, you got to see his expand role a little bit more, specifically on November 28th in 2010. Nelson had five receptions for 61 yards in his first receiving touchdown of the season. On December 26th, he had four receptions for 124 yards and a touchdown against the New York Giants. In 2010, that year, he set career highs with 582 receiving yards, 45 catches, while also catching two touchdown passes for the third straight year. Interestingly enough, in 2010, when Aaron Rodgers suffered a concussion, it was revealed that Jordy Nelson was actually third on the Packers quarterback depth chart. Packers went on to make the playoffs as a sixth seed, going 10-6. and six. Uh, In their first playoff game, only had one target in the 21-16 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. However, he really picked it up, and you start to you start to see why Ted Thompson was so excited. In the divisional round against the Atlanta Falcons, he had eight receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown in that 48-21 victory. In the NFC Championship game against the Chicago Bears, he had four receptions for 61 yards. With that victory, the Packers advanced to the Super Bowl. Two weeks later, in Super Bowl 45, he caught a 29-yard touchdown pass on a third and one opposite William Gay. And Aaron Rodgers said, this was Jordy last week. I think we need to convert on third downs to win the game. Rodgers threw a terrific pass, capping an 80-yard touchdown drive. And although Jordy Nelson had a couple drops in that Super Bowl 45, he recovered to catch a 38-yard pass on the next play, taking the Packers to the two-yard line. Nelson was the top receiver in that game with nine receptions for 140 yards, both career highs, also gaining 19 more yards on a kick return, solidifying the 31-25 victory, and the Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl 45 champs. And in that performance, nine receptions for 140 yards, just to think he could have had another touchdown. Uh, He could have had more yards, more receptions. He had a few drops. And crazy enough, while doing this research, and I know a lot of other people knew of the history of Max McGee and how much of a partier and a drinker he was, but I had no idea that Jordy Nelson, with his 140 yards, broke a Packers record for most receiving yards in a Super Bowl which was previously held by Max McGee, who had 138. Interestingly enough, that 138 yards by Max McGee, he did it hungover. Went out the night before, didn't think he was going to play in Super Bowl I, apparently. 
came in and it was almost like David Wells no hitter coming in hungover, just trying to grit your teeth and get through like, oh, hair of the dog. Talk about what the best hair of the dog recipe for success is. I think 138 yards and and a Super Bowl one victory. But Jordy Nelson not hungover. Nine receptions, 140 yards, and that was the start of the breakout. And in that 2011 season, after winning their first Super Bowl on September 7th, Jordy Nelson picked up right where he left off in the Super Bowl, 77 yards and a touchdown against New Orleans. Following week, had an 84-yard touchdown reception against the Carolina Panthers, and three weeks later had five receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown against the Broncos. Combined with that strong performance in the Super Bowl, as well as the good start to the 2011 season, Nelson signed a three-year, $13.35 million contract, which gave him an early extension into the season. On October 16th, Nelson had two receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. He followed it up on November 6th with another great performance with 105 yards and a touchdown. And he just continued to churn great stat lines week after week against the Vikings, Five receptions, 63, and a two touchdowns. Following against the Buccaneers, he had six receptions for 123 yards and two touchdowns. On Christmas Day, he had six receptions for 115 yards and two touchdowns against the Chicago Bears. And in the regular season finale on January 1st, 2012, he had nine receptions for 162 yards and three touchdowns. You know who was quarterbacking? Matt Flynn. Captain Matt Flynn. He finished the 2011 season with a career high with touchdowns with 15 68 receptions, and 1,263 receiving yards. He had a career-high three touchdown receptions, and he ended up moving into sole possession of third place for most receiving touchdowns in a single season, only behind Sterling Sharp and Don Hudson. He was also named a Pro Bowl alternative. That year, the Packers went 15-1, and and unfortunately, uh, they fell to the New York Giants in the divisional round. In the 2012 season, that's where he started start to see injuries creep up. He only played in 12 games. He started 10, but he missed four games and missed another two due to hamstring injury. So coming from the 2011 season to the 2012, he only had 49 receptions for 745 yards. He had seven touchdowns. They ended up making the playoffs. And in the wild card round, he had three receptions for 51 yards in a 24-10 victory over the Vikings. And then followed it up in the divisional round where he had five receptions for 46 yards in that 45-31 shellacking by Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers. Moving on to the 2013 season, after getting hampered by hamstring injuries in 2012, on September 8th, 2013, he started off the season with seven receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown against the Niners. The following week, Continued his strong stretch, trying to move past those hamstring woes from the year before with three receptions for 66 yards and two touchdowns. And then he just continued week after week. Eight receptions, 93 yards. And week after week, he just continued to have solid performance after solid performance. He finished the 2013 season posting career highs, 85 receptions for 1,314 yards and eight touchdowns. He started all 16 games for the first time in his career and was named a Pro Bowl alternate. And even though the Packers finished 8-7-1, they won the North, they made the playoffs. That was the Matt Flynn year again. They fell to the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card round. I was at that game. That was a game where uh, Micah Hyde dropped that interception when the 49ers are driving. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin the mood. And this is where it all starts to break out for Jordy Nelson 
In 2014, uh, specifically on July 26, he signed a four-year extension worth $39 million. He received an $11.5 million signing bonus, guaranteeing $14.2 million. And after the defending Super Bowl champion Seattle Seahawks came into the season opener, he had nine receptions for 83 yards. And the game that really sticks out for me in that 2014 season, this was arguably his best year, the year that I think about the most when it comes to uh, what could have been uh, cementing one of the best seasons ever for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers MVP season. But that week two game against the New York Jets, he had nine receptions for a career high, 209 yards and a touchdown. And why I'm saying career highs, like the year before, he set career highs. So he set career highs in 2013. Obviously in 2014 is where he blew out the most, but it was his first career 200 yard receiving game. And the reason why that sticks out for me is that they were trailing 21-3 in that game. And because of Jordan Nelson, the Packers were able to come back and win 31-24. He was the first Green Bay Packers receiver since Javon Walker in 2004 to have 200 or more receiving yards in a single game. In that season, another one where he had 10 receptions for 108 yards and two touchdowns against the Bears. And in 2014, you just keep you going through the stats, and there's one game that really sticks out to me the most is I was actually at this game. It was a Monday night game where Jordy Nelson had eight receptions for 146 yards and two touchdowns. The reason why this was significant, one, I was at that game, and two, you got to see Julio Jones and Jordy Nelson pretty much go toe-to-toe. Julio Jones ended up having over 200 yards. It was quite arguably one of the best performances that I, I had ever seen. Uh, ended up interacting with the Falcons fan afterwards saying how much I, my respect grew for Julio Jones. But that was where I got to see Jordy Nelson and Julio Jones pretty much go toe-to-toe. Uh, Jordy Nelson has a catch. Julio Jones has a catch. Back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back. And overall in 2014, again, the whole career high, he set the, his career high with 1,519 receiving yards on the season. He passed Robert Brooks, who had 1,497 yards to capture the franchise record for receiving yards in a season. And although he set career highs in receiving yards and also broke the franchise record, which still stands today for most receiving yards in a season, the Packers that year, they went 12-4. and They got a second seed. They earned a first-round bye. The thing that sticks out to me the most, too, is not only did he have 15-19 receiving yards, 1,519 receiving yards, uh, there's that Buffalo Bills game where he dropped a wide-open uh, throw-and-catch. Uh, it was roughly about an 80-yard, probably catch-and-run, dropped it. They lost to the Bills. That was the big upset, which ended up derailing the the fact that they could get home-field advantage. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it. Jordy Nelson was having a great year. So were the Packers. And what's interesting enough is what would have happened had they had home-field advantage. Granted, they should have beat the Seahawks regardless of that collapse, but if the Packers win that Bills game, what would have happened? So the one thing that I think about, and another Packers fan on Twitter talked about, that's the one thing that comes to mind, and comes to mind to me only for the fact that he had such a great year in 2014 and could have had 1,600 yards and and, nine, and 99 receptions, all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, but he ended up finishing 18th and was voted by his peers as one of the top 100 players of 2015 and you're thinking that okay after the the collapse the great year you're going to bounce right back however in week two of the preseason game 
Nelson caught an eight-yard pass, but then immediately fell to the turf without contact. Limped to the sidelines with an apparent knee injury, and it was deemed that he tore his ACL, and he was out for the 2015 season. 2016 season, he returned in his first game back. He had six receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown in that sweltering heat against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was the year where he came back and had that successful return. So in 2014, he had 1,519 yards and 98 receptions. 2015 was a lost year. Returning in 2016, he got NFL Comeback Player of the Year with 97 receptions, 1,257 yards, and 14 touchdowns. His 14 receiving touchdowns led the NFL for the 2016 season. Moving on to the 2017 season was another one of those years where Aaron Rodgers was hurt, Jordy Nelson was hurt, had that shoulder injury. Right after Jordy Nelson had that collarbone Um, you saw Nelson's statistical volume drop and ended up finishing the season with 53 receptions for 482 yards and six touchdowns. That following year, after the 2017 season, the Packers released Jordy Nelson after 10 seasons on March 13th, 2018. And he ended up going to the Oakland Raiders for the final year of his career. He ended up getting 739 receiving yards on the 2018 season, had 63 receptions and three touchdowns, and had suitors. The Chiefs were interested, the Saints were interested, but he didn't want to move his family again. Uh, The Nelsons consider, his sons consider Green Bay home. And he even said, at 34 years old, he's healthy. And after 10 seasons with the Packers and one with the Raiders, he could walk away relatively healthy. And can still work on the farm, which he still does. Um, He's a devoted family man. Kansas loves him, obviously, as he's one of the most famed athletes coming out of Kansas. And here's what I wanted to touch on. Aaron Rodgers said that, uh, obviously, the most prolific wideout that he has ever played with. The duo hooked up for 65 touchdowns together, which ranks number one in team history between a receiver and a quarterback. In addition to ranking in the top five of several team categories, Nelson's nine receptions in Super Bowl 45 are the most catches in team history in a postseason game. And like I said, his 140 receiving yards in that Super Bowl also ranks fifth in Packers playoff history, but most in the Super Bowl. This is what Aaron Rodgers said. He's a great player. You run out of ways to compliment him because he's such a good teammate. He does so many things exceptional with his obvious skill set, route running, his catching the ball, his second and third reactions, just his feel. He's a great guy. And I figured I'd wrap up 87 on tap with overall his ranks. He played in 137 regular season games with 88 starts during his 10 seasons with the Green Bay Packers. He ranks third in franchise history in receptions with 550, number fifth in receiving yards with 7,848, number two in touchdown receptions with 69, number three in 100-yard receiving games of 25. Nelson is the only player in team annals to record three seasons with 13-plus touchdown receptions, 2011, 2014, and 2016. He and Sterling Sharp are the only players in franchise history to register three straight seasons with 85-plus receptions. He did that from 2013 to 2016. Nelson posted 1,250 receiving yards or more and 13 
plus touchdown catches in the same season three times in his career, 2011, 2014, and 2016. The fourth most in NFL history behind Hall of Famers Jerry Rice, who had six, Randy Moss, who had five, and Terrell Owens, who had four. Jordy Nelson was selected to the Pro Bowl and named second-team All-Pro by his performance in the 2014 season, which he set career highs with 98 receptions, a franchise record 1,519 yards, hauling in 13 touchdowns. Came back as NFL Comeback Player of the Year with 97 receptions, 1,257 yards, and a league-high 14 receiving touchdowns in 2016. In the 10 seasons with the Green Bay Packers, Jordy Nelson started 8 of the 13 postseason games he appeared in. He is the franchise postseason leader with 54 receptions, ranks 4th in receiving yards with 668, and is tied for 3rd in receiving touchdowns with 5. Jordy Nelson, like I said, had 9 receptions for 140 yards with a 15.6-yard average, and Jordy was the 4th receiver in Super Bowl history with 9-plus receptions for at least 140 yards and a touchdown. And I know this episode was a little bit more just giving you the stats, but I hope that throughout this episode, you got to just see how prolific and mind-blowing of an athlete Jordy Nelson is. I think people, we tend to forget how great players were. And I hope you enjoyed this episode looking back into how the Packers landed him after his incredible senior season with the Kansas State Wildcats on top of just his impressive resume coming out of high school, him walking on to Kansas State. He's just a Green Bay guy through and through, walk on, hard worker. And I'm just very thankful that we got an opportunity to see 10 seasons, although I would have loved to have seen him finish his entire career with the Green Bay Packers. And I know Jordy Nelson felt the same way. And it's one of those things where it is what it is and business is business, but it's one of those things that I'll always think about on what if we could have kept Jordy Nelson. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed 87 on tap, a look into Jordy Nelson and what an incredible person and what an incredible career he had for the Green Bay Packers and his imprint and his legacy as a wide receiver in the NFL. Thank you so much. Go Pack Go. I am your host, Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. Make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit, The Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is The Unknown Packers Podcast.